Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really a big story on the economic front that I hear a lot about, and really now more than ever, is this use of the manager title to avoid paying overtime. And uh, Lauren Gurley, she's on the program. She's been on the show uh, in the past with us. I love having her on. She's with the Washington Post, which uh, any long-term listener of my show, show knows. I'm right of center. I am, uh, in fact, with a libertarian streak, um, but I love the Washington Post. I love any publication that takes news seriously, and the Washington Post is phenomenal in both its depth and breadth of coverage. There's really only three newspapers in the country that have that approach, which is the, the Post, the New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal, in my opinion. There's a you know, some that you could argue like the LA Times, but nothing like the big three. And so I read it religiously, and I love this series I've been doing now for well over a year with Washington Post reporters, uh, and, and including Lauren. She's been on the show a few times. Always love having her on. And uh, so make sure you check out WashingtonPost.com. We, of course, will have a link to her article that we'll be talking about today, uh, as well as to the Post. Lauren, welcome back to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me on again. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, always look forward to it. So senators are probing employers' use of manager title. Uh, I, I, I know particularly like uh, um, it's been, you know, my, my grandkids are, are now, uh, I, have, I now have grandkids. My youngest kids are in, in their uh, 20s, and so I don't, I, I don't hear about it as much as I used to. But I remember, you know, particularly when they were, 18, 19, up to 25, uh, you know, they would have friends who, hey, they just got a promotion. You know, they talk about their promotion at Burger King, you know, and you see them two weeks in, later and they're in the brink of exhaustion. And they took a calculator to their new salary as a, quote, manager, and, oh, my God, I'm making four bucks an hour less than I used to make. <laughs> so it's funny because it's not my problem, but it's really a bigger economic problem and certainly, uh, I would argue, a, a moral and ethical one. Sure, yeah. So um, this report, well, the, the these two Democratic senators, Elizabeth Warren and Sherrod Brown, have sort of launched this investigation um, into – uh, employers who um, sort of use the manager title to avoid paying overtime. Um, and the reason why they did this was because the National Bureau of Economic Research um, released a report recently that found that between 2010 and 2018, manager titles in this large national database of job listings were almost five times as common for salaried um, workers paid at or slightly above the cutoff for overtime. So basically all these employers wow. are, are, yeah, um, it, it's pretty astounding. And, and you know, the employers, they, they listed sort of the most common offenders, um, which are a lot of names that I'm sure your listeners will, will recognize, um, Boston Market, Dairy Queen, Subway, Jimmy John's, Little Caesars, but also, um, you know, other industries beyond fast food, Office Max, GNC, H&R Block. Lifetime Fitness, and so essentially what they're asking is these companies to hand over information about um, uh, how they create these job titles, what percentage of their workforce has them, what the salaries are for these job titles, um, and and I think we'll go from there. I'm not sure how much um, actual uh, like authority they have 
to like subpoena these companies and stuff like this, but I think the point is to draw more awareness to this growing problem. Yeah, basically it's a kind of uh, a shell game in a way is what it sounds like. Yeah, he's manager of trash cans. <laughs> he tells them what to do all day long. Uh, yeah, that, that's what a normal employee can do. Yeah, but he's a manager. Uh, it, right. It's ridiculous, some of this. It's, uh, really, it's really ridiculous and really offensive, frankly, to the employee. Forget about economically sure. harmful. Sure, yeah. So um, some examples of this are um, like for a receptionist at the front of an office. They might call someone a front desk manager, even though they're not managing anyone. Or they might call them a director of first impressions, um, you know, for a host or hostess at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it, these names are, I mean, they sound so fake. And, um, uh, for host and hostess at a restaurant, they call people guest experience leader. Um, oh, carpet man. cleaners have been called carpet shampoo managers. Barbers have been called gr grooming managers. Um, so there's a long list of of job titles that uh, that they list here, some of which are are almost comical. Um, and the the economic impact is also you know pretty significant. Um, they estimate that um, employers get away with um, like they uh, avoiding roughly four billion in overtime payments a year. Um, by doing this, and that individual workers who are misclassified as managers lose an average of $3,200 a year. And these are low-paid workers, right? So people who are making around um, $35,000 a year, um, they lose about 13.5% of their income because of this misclassification issue um, is the estimate. So, you know, when I look at this situation and I look at the dynamics of uh, – of uh, Congress and uh, in terms of their ability to get things done, which is at a record low, really. Um, talk a little bit about where is this going to go? So they, I think a lot of times what they like to do, uh, both houses, is they love to have people come in and embarrass them. And, and they really know they're not going to get any real policy change, but they like to wag fingers and, and look uh, authoritative. But in the end, uh, they already know it's not going to go anywhere. Or they may try and do, you know, uh, Don Quixote and chase the windmill or whatever it is that they came in and lectured. Uh, what's your sense about what's going to happen and what's going to unfold. I'm sure there's some um, regulatory discretion and it captures, uh, captures the uh, White House side. I also know there's a lot of fear on the part of the White House to want to keep the, keep the cost of employment lower because that's one of the drivers of the threat of inflation. So it's a pretty complicated issue when you get down to it. It sounds simple, but it's not. Right. Yeah. So I don't think anything major will come out of this, like in the immediate sense. Um, the senators who are pursuing this probe are doing so outside of the authority of any Senate committee, so they can't have people come and testify. But I agree with everything you said after that. Like, they could um, – This the, the whole point of this is to get – is to draw public attention and sort of shine a spotlight on this uh, this behavior and get the White House to pay attention and, and you know, maybe – get other people who have more regulatory power to get involved and do something about it in the Congress. I mean, in sort of a divided Congress like we have right now, I can't 
expect like major movement on some of this stuff. But um, I think that, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren in the past has gotten companies um, to respond about like labor issues and, and sort of drawn um, national attention to some of these issues. So I expect that to, to be how it plays out. Yeah, you, you make a good point. That that seems to be one of Elizabeth Warren's favorite things to do is <laughs> is to <laughs> really bring people uh, have have come to Jesus meetings with uh, with uh, some of these executives and uh, you know basically tell them how to do it better uh, in her opinion. And so that's a good point. She does do that. And you, you mentioned it has none of the authority that a committee would have. So I'm assuming uh, things like uh, actually requiring people to come and testify and that type of thing, that could be very challenging for them. It's not as routine as when Congress does this. And, of course, they have legitimate authority and they have a hard time getting people to come. Talk about that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, um, even Congress definitely, I mean, people can say no to invitations from Congress. I guess some of these committees do have subpoena power if they if they vote. So um, <laughs> that is one route that's that they've been successful or various Senate committees have been successful, but, um, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Lauren Gurley, always love having you on the program. She's a reporter with the Washington post. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Take care. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated price of business. Stay tuned for more. <laughs> 